Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up and welcome to the Hashtag Lakers podcast. I'm Yola Gazzo and I'm here with McKay Westbrook. And today we have a guest on the show. I'd like to welcome Josh Terrell, Fansided's Lake Show Life contributor. He writes for Just Blog Baby and is an NBA contributor for Talk Primetime. Um, You can find him on Twitter at Josh Terrell 7. That's J-O-S-H-T-E. R-R-I-L-L-7. Um, hey, Josh. Uh, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Uh, glad glad to be on here. I'm really excited. Uh, I am, like uh, Yoa said, I am a contributor for uh, Lake Show Life on, um, on Fansided. And you can uh, follow, follow us on Twitter at, at Lake Show Life and all our, all our contents posted there. Uh, you can download the Fansided app as well. Um, and all my all my content is is shared on my Twitter, like uh, you said, is uh, at Josh Cheryl Seven. Yep, yep. Hey, so <clears throat> the Lakers, guys, Josh McKay, the Lakers won their first playoff game since uh, May eighteen. I think it's May eighteen, two thousand twelve. Yeah, so man, I believe eight- it's. Sorry, it's 3,016 days. 3,016 days. That's pretty yeah. precise. <laughs> so for eight years ago, I was going to go eight years, but you went, you went to days. <laughs> Too many. Uh, dude, what, what is it? What, how does it feel? You know, how do you guys feel about it? It's uh, good, good to be back on top. Uh, definitely great. Uh, it, it's crazy that it's been that long and, um, I I think the last time we won a game was when Dwight was previously on the Lakers. I don't even did we even win a game that series against I don't San Antonio? Think we, I think we got swept. I think we got swept. Yeah, I think we, yeah, I think we, we got, got swept, swept by San Antonio. Maybe that, maybe that was the previous year then. Yeah. It, um, yeah. Against was it OKC? Was it that series or was yeah. it? I can't remember. Uh, I can't. It's so long ago. It's probably. I, okay. Yeah. Back in that it was long year. enough. It, it probably was OKC with the Kevin Durant and Westbrook. Yeah, um, uh, it might have been that. Um, man, but but anyway, <laughs> it was so long ago. It was like almost a decade. Um, but it's it's I don't know. For me, it's just just a good feeling to finally win a playoff game. Um, and it was really good, and really it, re- it felt really good to to win against the Blazers from Game Two. I felt like we were on trial, um, and like by everybody, like that we didn't belong at the number one seed. And we pulled it through. Um, but uh, Josh, it's good to have you on the show. Um, it's good to be here. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that we're going to have a good one because uh, first up, we want to discuss game two, you know, like we've been talking between the Lakers and the Blazers. Um, and then on our last segment, we'll kind of go through some sort of uh, um, a hashtag um, moment where we'll uh, cycle through some of the trending um, Lakers news that's been going on. But uh, for now, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, so stay tuned and we'll see you soon. Hey, welcome back to the Hashtag Lakers podcast. McKay and I are here with Josh Terrell. And um, on, on this segment of the show, we want to discuss, uh, we, first we want to discuss um, quickly uh, the issues uh, that uh, we saw in game one and kind of just highlight some of the things that needed to be addressed and then move on right away to game two. And um, as you know, you know, game two, we won 111 to 88, 88 points, uh, being the lowest score of the season for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, but uh, again, let, let's go back to game one. Um, let's, you know, in your opinion, guys, uh, Josh, uh, McKay, what were some of these, the, the, the issues that uh, you spotted after game one that needed uh, some addressing? Uh, yeah, for me, it was just, I mean, putting the ball in the basket like <laughs> at, at some point you gotta just be able to make shots and, and the Lakers shot 35 percent from the field and 16 percent from three which compared to the Blazers 38 percent that's a lot of points throughout the game mm-hmm. and uh Mar- I mean other than Markeith Morris who was one for one from three <laughs> in, in game go. one in game one uh I think Danny Green led the Lakers in percentage at uh, 25 and um, you know, the, the talk after the game was how poorly Green's been playing. So the fact that he led us in three-point percentage during that game is not a good sign. So, <laughs> and I mean, even it, it 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 extended everywhere from the free throw line. They shot sixty-five percent. Yeah, I I I think um, it's even easier to to talk about the things, or rather, to uh, mention the the few things that went right in that game. You know what what things actually went right. Not a whole lot did. Um, <laughs> most everything went wrong in that game. Uh, hard, hard to know where to begin. Um, you know, our, like like Josh said, our our three point shooting was awful. Um, I I think it really pinpoints um, how how important some of our role players are. You know, KCP talked about how he had such a terrible game in game one, and in game two he came out firing on all cylinders um and uh yeah danny green hasn't been playing particularly well as of late um but i i think when we've we've got more than just lebron and and ad doing what they do you know when the the three-point shot is falling and we've got some participation from other guys i i i think things get a lot better but um yeah like i said not not a whole lot went right in game one and a, a whole lot went wrong. Right. No, I, I, uh, I agree. I think that, uh, I mean, you, you guys 
you guys hit it there, you know, the three-point shooting, the shooting. And I think there was also some some problems with LeBron getting uh, – LeBron and AD getting to the rim because of the our two-big lineup um, that uh, it just didn't uh, mesh well. But uh, um, let's move on to, to game two, you know. let's After game one, it seemed like uh, at least one of the players in the starting lineup would – would be replaced and I think you know everybody was calling for JaVale McGee McGee to be replaced there and and advocating for either Morris or Kuz to come in uh, and put 80 at the five you know Morris and Kuz either three or four but uh, instead though in game two Vogel rode with what what they what how the Lakers got to being number one seed and uh, it worked for this game at least um, not sure how sustainable, sustainable that is, but it's, it's working and, uh, per, perhaps it's going to work against this Blazers, Blazers teams. We'll see about the Rockets or Clippers, but, um, you know, it helped that JaVale brought some energy into the ball game. Uh, it was like he was playing for a starting position <laughs> and it also helped that, uh, Vogel was pretty flexible on those rotations that he had. And uh, there was a few times, there was a lot of minutes where AD was playing at the five. But, uh, um, you know, let's, let's start with um, uh, how, uh, we, how we played defensively in game two. Um, by, uh, uh, let, let's start with, with Damian Lillard. What, what, what did you guys see uh, that the Lakers did um, to contain Damian Lillard? Uh, I mean, I was really, really impressed with uh, Vogel's defensive adjustments coming into game two. Uh, Dame really hurt the Lakers coming off screens, especially high screens Mm -hmm. uh, in the first game. And he shot six of 13 from three, which, you know, that's when they're doing that, that's when the Blazers are at their best. Mm -hmm. And um, and in this game, it was a lot of uh, doubling off screens, uh, even when, um, you know, they were setting those really high screens in Nurkic or uh, Whiteside were coming up to, you know, 40 feet out we were still um either switching and picking him up right away or doubling him off that and that mm-hmm. made a huge difference uh i think dame uh, went he had 18 points i believe which uh if we if you can hold lower to 18 points then portland doesn't i don't think portland win another game if if we can keep that up so i think it was just the different things that we threw at him and then especially down low when uh, Dame got got to where he wanted to be in the middle. We threw a lot of big bodies at him and mm-hmm. forced him to either pass out or uh, I think AD blocked him once and right. JaVale blocked him once. So a lot of great adjustments by Vogel for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it wasn't even just shutting down uh, Damian Lillard, which uh, of course is our main priority, shutting him down. But, you know, you go and you look at um, yeah, Lillard still – still shot better than most everybody else on their team. Um, right. Well, it's we, Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, you, even with a, a kind of subpar performance from, from Lillard, uh, they didn't get anything from their other main guys from Nurkic, from McCollum or, or from Carmelo Anthony. Um, and, and I, th- I think that was uh, ultimately their downfall you know if um Damian Lillard's got to go out there and produce Mm -hmm. but he can't be a one-man show all the time you know he can't be that guy that's 
uh, going to put up 40 plus points in, in every game. Like he was some of those games in the bubble. Um, he'll do that for you sometimes, but, but he's got to have those backups as well that are, that are going to produce for him. And I think the, the Lakers did a great job of, of shutting their down, their team down in general and, right. and just coming out with a ton of energy. No, no, yeah. I, you're right. You're right. Uh, did you, do you have something to say there, Josh? Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna just say that um, it was it was really uh, what impressed me so much about Vogel is coming into that game defensively is a lot of coaches in the NBA, um, especially I mean we've seen it with Dame and Steph, um, are are stubborn about picking them up and trying to stop that you know thirty uh, five foot three point shot right. because. I mean, analytically, they say, you know, it's not a good shot. So um, I think Vogel, the way they, the way he picked him up, you know, right off of those screens was really impressive because for the Blazers, those, it's not even just about the points. You know, when Dame hits those three-pointers, it's such a momentum builder mm-hmm. for them. And when you're in a bubble and there's not other, other the same um, stimulus to give you momentum during the game, it's a lot harder to build that. So I think that was – a big key as well, because I don't think he uh, got off, let alone make any. Right. I think that, uh, um, I, you know, I think like you, you were, you were all saying that uh, I think Lakers defense was just pretty, pretty terrific. I, here's, here's a stat that was shared on Twitter. I forgot who shared it, but uh, in the, in the, in the eight seeding games that the Blazers played um, their offensive. Um, so their field goal percentage was 47.8%. Their three-point percentage was 41%. Their offensive rating had was uh, 122. Um, and in the Blazers, in, in the, these two playoff games against the Lakers, their field goal percentage has gone down to 40 or 39%. Um, their uh, three-point percentage has gone down to 33. Their offensive rating has gone down to 94.5. And and that's why you see these low scoring games, which is you know, uh, many have pointed out that uh, uh, Blazers are usually a high scoring team up there in the one twenties, but you know we're containing them to one hundred or, or you know eighty eight uh, in game two. I think it's you know it's it's Vogel's defensive system and 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 uh, how he plays and this is uh, uh or how he he, he uh, implements them throughout the team. Um, this is a quote from uh, Damian Lillard last night. Uh, you know, he he he, he seems visibly frustrated on what was going on. This is what he said: "Quote, uh, I just kept hearing them yell out box, 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 and the guy would come out or come, and they would try to keep me in a boxed area. I recognized it. And I'll go back and watch more to see what they were doing." and where we could take advantage of it and make the adjustment. I, I think I'm going to have to give it up and trust the pass to score and make them pay for it. Hopefully it will soften up and I can find my spot, spots to be even more aggressive against them. Uh, so what I was seeing was um, in our first game, we were doing a lot of drop coverage where we would have, um, it was be, like you had mentioned that uh, um, Damien uh, likes to have these high pick and rolls where it's Nurchik, you know, he's up there by almost by the logo. Um, and um, Dame would run a, a pick and roll really high. And that's how he can get off those 30 point 
or 30 feet shots or he'll get closer to the, the three-point line and make the shot or take it in all the way. And I think that to, to counter this, the Lakers, instead of, um, instead of dropping, uh, where you had JaVale or your, your, whoever the big guy uh, dropped to the, by the rim, to, um, instead he got closer to, to uh, where Nurchik was and, 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 you know, basically followed the, the, the screener up there and, and defended high. Um, and that uh, caused a lot of problem for Damian Lillard because there, there was more bodies up there guarding him um, but he was still trying to for- force his shots. He went one of seven from three uh, because he was trying to force his shot against all these defenders that were by him. Um, and I think, you know, um, they they were willing for, for Dame for, um, to, to have another, you know, the Lakers were willing to have another man, uh, CJ McCollum, Nurchik, however, take the shot rather than Dame go off. I think that Dame is, is, is key to their offense. If he's not going off, then the whole team is, is pretty much shut down. I think that's something that they, they recognized. Oh, for sure. Um, and uh, I, I think the, the coaching staff pretty well understands what it, it takes to, um, to contain them, like we saw in, in game two. And honestly, what I've seen from the first couple of games, um, you know, obviously Portland has some some good talent on their team, mm-hmm. but the the production that I've seen them give out in games one and game two um, makes me feel like they can't beat the Lakers. In game one, I don't feel like they beat the Lakers. I feel like the, the Lakers beat the Lakers in game one. Right, right. Um, I, I don't think... The shooting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think that Portland has it in them to beat the Lakers. Right. I, I think that uh, um, on the offensive end, I mean, what did you guys see? I mean, there was one person that stood out uh, amongst everybody. <laughs> yeah, definitely. AD was... AD was dominant. He he definitely um, controlled the game in a way that he was not able to in game one. Mm-hmm. I think he just, you know, sometimes AD comes in with um, a mindset where he doesn't necessarily want to do all, all the work down low. Right. And, and I think, uh, obviously, he's very skilled. Mm-hmm. Not um, when it comes to playing outside of the block, but it, it's – it's that uh, play a down low that gets him going mm-hmm. to be, to really be effective on the perimeter uh, and, and uh, you know, showcase his, his skill fully. So I think that was a, uh, a big change in the Lakers offense. And I, I think the lane was clogged a little bit less. Right. Um, there was uh, a little bit uh, more of AD at the five. JR and, uh, and, and Dion played. So that allowed – uh, Morris and Kuz to play play the four more, and and although Kuz trying to guard Nurkic was interesting, but yes, it was. <laughs> but, but offensively, it was definitely a mismatch. So I think oh, yeah, right. you know, they're just such a different team when AD plays the five. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, you know, like like you mentioned earlier, it was how they Vogel sticking to how they got there when. 
the numbers say that, you know, whenever they have put AD at the five, they've simply been the better team than, than when he's not at the five. So I think it's just they have to really commit to that for the playoffs. And it's so hard because AD doesn't want to play the five and he's in a contract year and it's like they're in – like they, they don't have any room to, to wiggle at all in that. Right. So tough situation, but I think they really just need to lock in and have AD play the five as much as possible. Right. Yeah. Um, go ahead, McKay. Oh, I, I was just going to agree. Um, you know, you get, you want to try and appease uh, AD as much as possible with, right. with um, you know, he, he's expressed not liking to, to play in the five, but I, I think he'll be a lot happier for winning um, regardless <laughs> of what, right. what position he's got to play. And I, I think he does a fantastic job at, at the five. Like Josh said, he's in, incredibly versatile and he can, he can play uh, the guard position if he wants right. to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but his, his best place is, is down low. And I, I think his versatility kind of helps with that. You know, he can, he can pull that big defender um, up high as well if he wants, and he can beat any of those bigs off the dribble. He's just, so quick and so crafty and, and uh, has so much ball handling skill um, mm-hmm. that, and, and, you know, we, we just saw the start comparison from game one and game two with, with his production level. And uh, I thought that was incredible. Um, how big, big shout out to KCP too for, oh, yeah, man. for coming out um, yep. and right. playing ball. Right. Four of six from three, dude. He's balling. Yeah. You guys, you guys have any concerns about LeBron at all? Uh, I think, that, um, I mean, he, he scored 10 points, right? Um, and he was close to that triple-double. Um, but uh, I, don't, um, I don't have concerns. I think that uh, he's uh, – uh, we saw him be a little bit more aggressive, you know, around the rim, and that's because AD was at the five. And so, you, you know – there's no clogged lanes. If AD moves out to the three-point line, uh, then, um, you know, he's a threat. So his defender is going to go and, and, and guard him and, and not stay by the paint. And so LeBron has a, a lane uh, or a clear path to the rim. Um, but uh, he was a little more aggressive uh, in game two than in game one around the rim. And that's because of that change. But I, I um, you know, he had 10 points. He played 27 minutes and, the, the lakes were still up by 30. <laughs> so um, I don't have much concern. I, um, I get what you're saying though. I want to, I want to see more numbers from him. Right. I'm, Especially playing 27 minutes, but uh, he didn't play the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, the, uh, AD and LeBron were both under 30 minutes, which is incredible. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, LeBron James obviously played a little bit more uh, passive overall in in his uh, in his scoring in in game two, but that's also because he shot at a lower volume. Um, right. I I think he recognized uh, what we're doing as a team, and and he's okay with taking that step back when he isn't needed to propel the team forward. Um, to a, a degree, uh, like for example, in game one, 
I think he was a little bit too passive in the fourth quarter and he should have completely taken over. Mm-hmm. But um, game two, I, I wasn't um, too bothered uh, with his, his lack of scoring. It, it didn't come from inability to, to score. Um, it was just from lack of volume. Um, he only took 11 shots and he let the the rest of the team do some of the heavy lifting. He became a facilitator. He had some, he had a couple of good defensive plays. Um, and it, it just shows that LeBron can, can do more for us and still be um, very productive without having to put up big points. Yeah, definitely. And building off what you were just saying, okay, I think that um, LeBron recognizes the fact that, you know, if if we are going to make a championship run, then he needs to, you know, use this time to kind of get 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 everyone going a little bit because mm-hmm. since we've arrived in Orlando, that's been that's been kind of a struggle. So, yeah, exactly. Right. No, exactly. No, I, I agree. Um. All right. Well, I think that we we had a good discussion there on game two and how, you know, what 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 we did differently and um, what propelled us to the to this win. Um, but let's go ahead and take our last break here. So we'll be right back and we'll preview. Um, well, we'll we'll go over some of these uh, tre- this trending news that's been going around with the Lakers, um, and then um, and then close it out. But we'll, we'll so we'll take this break and we'll talk to you in a minute. Hi, this is Yoel Legazzo. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating or review. We would appreciate it. It'll go a long way to help us to continue to do what we're doing. Your support means a lot to us. We're also on Twitter at hashtag LakerPod. Come interact with us and join us as we journey with the Lakers on the road to number 17. If you'd like to be updated on the most recent Lakers news, follow us on Instagram at Lakers Daily Scoop, where we'll give you daily scoop on all things Lakers. Again, thanks for your support. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Hashtag Lakers Podcast. We're here with Josh Terrell, um, contributor to Fansided's The Lake Show, the, the Lake Show Life. Um, uh, and on this last segment, uh, we're going to go through some of the, the Lakers news that went trending this last week. And I'll just read some of these out loud, uh, and we'll kind of just as a free-for-all react to them and, and, and see what we think. Um, first one is um, per Dave Per Dave McMiniman, the Lakers will wear their Black Mamba alternative jerseys on 8-24 for Game 4 of the first round uh, against Portland, according to, um, to, to, to NBA's Locker Version website. Kobe Bryant's wife, Vanessa, shared an image of, the, uh, image of the uniform, including a white heart patch with the number 2 for Gigi. Yeah, um... I, I think that's awesome that they're they're showing homage to to Kobe and, and Gigi, especially on on Kobe Day. Um, it's uh, 
I, I think it's a good reminder um, for the Lakers uh, what they're really playing for and who they're they're trying to win this champion for championship for this year. Um, Got to do it for Kobe. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, you know, I believe also I read that they are going to be um, wearing them after that, after that uh, for the rest of the playoffs. Really? Wow. Okay. Nice. So after the, after this round. So, um, you know, it's still really tough uh, to be, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to think about and talk about, but it's, something that you know they're all playing for and they all have their own connection to Kobe and obviously the organization has such a a deep connection to Kobe that you know there's nothing when he was with us there was nothing that that the Lakers could do that was not affiliated some way with Kobe Bryant so Mm -hmm. um, I really think that uh, like McKay said it's gonna I think instill a little bit more um will in the team just to to complete this this goal right i think it's a, it's it's good to to have that and uh it's a good reminder for the for the team i agree with all the points that uh, uh you guys have made there um i think it's gonna be really cool to to see to see that and and the fans are gonna love it as well um speaking of jerseys um did you guys see the new Space Jam jersey LeBron was was sporting. Is that a fire or or is that is that fire or fail? The the jersey itself or Space Jam two? No, nah, I don't, just a jersey. I don't know about Space Jam two. Gotcha. Uh, I I like the jersey. I actually thought it was pretty dope. You did? Um, yeah. I I don't know. I I thought it was cool. I mean, obviously, it's got kind of that more cartoon feel to it, and right. I think it's kind of supposed to. You know, it's sure. It's, it's Looney Tunes. You know. Yeah. Um, sure. But I I didn't have any personal problems with it. Um, yeah, me, me trying to wrap my head around Space Jam Two. I'm, you know, not not 100% positive on on how I feel about it. I I felt like the rightful successor to um, Michael Jordan's or um, Space Jam would be Kobe Bryant. Of course, right. he should but, have had one. Right. 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 But good. I. Yeah. I mean, next in line would be LeBron, so I'm okay with it. Can you yeah, CGI um, Kobe? <laughs> yeah, CGI Kobe in there. Um, I mean, I think I, – I, I agree with McKay. I think people were were unnecessarily hard on the jerseys. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know if it was because it's LeBron. I think that probably had something to do with it. Oh, I'm sure that was a lot of and, people. Yeah, and, and people are just like, uh, like McKay are, are having a hard time. Uh, getting their head around um, mm-hmm. a space jam with with LeBron instead of Jordan, but um, I don't know if it's because you know Space Jam was a little bit before my time. Obviously, I've seen it and and I love it, but I don't know if I don't have the same ties to the original jerseys. So so I like the new ones or what? But but I I, I think people were a little hard on them to be honest with you. Really? Okay. Well, I I uh, I thought it was. Um, um, I mean, it's a good-looking jersey, but I I thought it was too much. It looked it looked a lot of like uh like I don't know, it's too blue. 
blue. Yeah. <laughs> two OKC ish. Two OKC. You know, it was purple, it was blue and, and orange. It's two OKC. Um, but uh, <laughs> nothing against the OKC. But I don't know. Uh, um, I guess you couldn't really have it purple and gold, right? Um, but uh, whatever. I mean, that's that's the jersey. That's what it is. So we got we got uh, two fires and one fail. Um, for uh, okay, so next next uh, item here is Rajon Rondo. Uh, he cleared quarantine on Monday. Didn't play game one or two. You saw him on the bench though, um, and he was sort of an honorary assistant coach. Uh, thoughts on him coming back and what are your like you know how do you think the the team rotations are are going to look you know just coming back rondo coming back what what are your thoughts um i i personally i you know we've talked about it on (laughs) on this podcast before or we've had differing opinions on rondo um obviously there there's still um you know anybody coming from the Boston Celtics in the past, especially from uh, that championship team that, that beat the Lakers. Um, there's a little bit of spite um, towards Rondo coming to the Lakers, uh, but I, I've actually not minded him. Um, I, I think he, he's made a good contribution to the team. in in my opinion, um, not always the most consistent, but I think he has the ability to do so. And I think him coming back, the leadership role that he provides, um, I think he has good on-court vision. Uh, I I definitely wouldn't mind him coming into the starting rotation, uh, playing the one and, and even moving KCP over to the two uh, if Danny Green continues to, to struggle. Um, I, I like his his facilitating ability and i i don't think he'll be a hindrance to the team i think he'll he'll be an asset coming back um, yeah i i honestly never thought that i would say this but i'm not too upset about runner coming back um all right okay he not, yeah, okay i think I think that the team, uh, especially like uh, the younger guys, and um, I think everyone on the team really enjoys Rondo. So I think that will be be a big help because obviously, you know, in the in the bubble situation, it's not like you can just kind of go visit him in the rehab room or whatever because he wasn't even in the bubble. So I think that will uh, boost the Lakers' uh, morale a little bit to have him back. But um, he's just a terrible defender. um he's it's it's i i really really hope that he if he plays in this series that he does not guard damian lillard or cj mccollum um but i the lakers are so good on defense that i think that you know his liability is a little bit more acceptable because of what he has for help around him but then you look at the offensive side of the ball, and I don't know if he really helps there either. <laughs> either. So um, it, I have mixed feelings. On the court, right. I don't know. Off the court, um, I'm glad he's back. But, like, I just 
it, it depends on how Vogel how Vogel plays him and how much he plays him and in the rotations that he's in. So it's a to be determined for me. Right. Hmm. I I um. So we have a, a good. You know, it's good to have him back. We have a to be determined. For me, it's a nope. Come on. <laughs> Why'd you come back? <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to totally hate on Rondo. I know that he he has some, uh, he has uh, uh, value, I guess, value to uh, he adds value to the team just because of his IQ and and how um, he's a vet and has experience and and uh, he can provide uh, you know his knowledge to to the team on on how to. Um, to be better offensively, even if he can't uh, himself uh, execute on 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 it uh, anymore, you know he was you know back in his Celtics day he was pretty good, but uh, I don't know me and McKay have have gone back and forth in Roger Rondo, and I just don't think he's an effective player anymore. But, um, like you were saying on defense and off- offensively, uh, Josh. Um, I'm I, I'm glad that he's sort of like this honorary assistant coach, and I know that Vogel recently said that you know um, he has to get his legs back uh, before he can think about or consider putting him uh, in the rotation. So we'll, we'll see what that mean or what that means, and um, we'll see if he he actually he plays. We'll we'll see if he plays uh, maybe even tomorrow uh, for the third game. Uh, next, um, last one is uh, Jason Kidd, assistant coach to the Lakers, um, being touted as a top candidate for the New Orleans uh, Pelicans and the Brooklyn Nets uh, coaching positions for, for next year. He's coached the Nets before. Um, so um, any any reactions there? Uh, I don't think Jason Kidd is a particularly good head coach, so <laughs> I, I wouldn't be too upset. Um, if he if he were to go elsewhere, I know that the players like I know LeBron uh, obviously respects and, right. and like uh, right. So obviously in the role he's in now, I think he he helps the team. So I would be uh, a little sad to see him go uh, and mm-hmm. leave the role now. But I think um, I I don't think that he is the best candidate for for a head coach. And um, you know I would be a lot more upset if we if we were to lose Phil Handy than than Jason Kidd. Yeah, I'm um I I mean I'm I'm kind of of similar mindset. Um mm-hmm. you know, I, I I like Jason Kidd as a player, um as a coach. Kinda I, I mean he, he's got great knowledge of the game, of course, you know. He was uh he he knows exactly how the game works. Uh he was a fantastic playmaker. And I think he has um, things to offer. Uh, I it doesn't upset me at all that he's uh, looking into taking that head coach um, position. I I think you know whatever further progresses his career and and his growth as as a coach, great for him. I think that uh, um, no, I, I think I agree with, with what you guys have said there, um, and I think that uh, I think he's been a good coach for for the Lakers. 
and I, like Josh said, I think that it, it, I think it'll be hard to to see him go. I know that uh, um, he uh, he provides uh, you know his basketball IQ is up there. And one of the smartest basketball player minds in in the in the game, and so um, I think the Lakers are going to miss that if if he ends up leaving. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he does leave, who will replace him. Um, but that's an, another topic for another day. Um, but yeah, I think th- those are the those are the 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 the, the, the trending news uh, articles that were. Uh, we're out uh, this week. Um, there was that Carl, Carl Kuzma bit for a little bit. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Josh, uh, thanks for joining us on the show today. I appreciate you re- uh, joining. And um, of course, you're welcome to come back. Um, uh, do you have any final thoughts be- before we, we uh, close this out? Um, I... Uh, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I had a I had a blast. Um, definitely, definitely willing to come on whenever you guys need me, and hopefully, we can talk before before we become seventeen uh, time NBA world champions. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That'll be <laughs> soon. So right, very soon. Uh, I think you have to. I think uh, you know we just have to win. Let's see, we won one game, so fifteen more games. That's it. Just fifteen more wins, and we're there. <laughs> um but uh, uh yeah i think that's it for today guys uh josh terrell he's a contributor for uh fansided's the lake show life um uh he's also a contributor in, in just blog baby and an nba contributor for talk prime time you can find him on twitter at josh terrell seven um and uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, guys, also make sure while you're on Twitter looking for, for Josh, look us up at hashtag LakerPod. Um, and then head over to Apple Podcast, subscribe, and give us a five-star review if you th- thought this was a, a good show. Um, or you know, just follow us wherever you listen to your, uh, your podcasts. Uh, we'd appreciate the follow and the reviews. It'll help us continue to do what we're doing. Uh, we're also on Instagram. And uh, where we'll be posting this episode at hashtag or sorry at Lakers Daily Scoop. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, with that said, guys, have a great day. Root for the Lakers, and we'll talk to you next time. Games in the Admiral refrigerator, the door is closed, the lights out, butter's getting hard, the eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.